We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, the best time of year, maybe. If you're a Challenge fan, it's definitely the best time of year because the Challenge 35 Total Madness is apparently what we're going with this time around. The cast has been revealed. The premiere date is set. It is April 1st, and I am not going to be super thrilled that if we get to April 1st and I tune in to watch the Challenge, and they're like, oh, it's just going to be three hours of ridiculousness. I'm not going to be very happy about that. But either way, we are breaking down the cast today. We have the fantasy game set up, so we have all the prices for all of the people. If you go to the description of this podcast or video, you can find the sign-up to the free Pat Mayo Experience and Friends League for the challenge, super easy. Six players on your team, designate one as a captain who scores a bonus of 10 bonus points for every episode that they accumulate points. And whoever has the most points at the end ends up winning. It's pretty, pretty bare bones basic stuff here. If you, how about I just give away some free money? If people want that. If you want to get into a draw for $100 DraftKings, what you do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. The podcast you listen to on your phone, whatever it might be. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, all those places. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, and something you like about the show, and you'll be in a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Winners will be announced on Monday's Pat Mayo Experience. Every single Monday, if the show does well enough because you're telling friends, hey, go check out the Pat Mayo Experience about the challenge, hey, maybe I'll do two in a row. And if you want to get into a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars for the video version, smash the like button for the video, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me your favorite player that you want to draft below 100 your favorite player at $100 this year on the challenge. You have to go scrub-wise. Who are you taking from down in that end? This is a spoiler-free zone. If you end up posting spoilers on anything, 
I'm going to find a way to internet bully you, uh, and you're not going to like it. So just remember that. Keep that in mind. I, I don't want the season ruined for me. I really don't. There's not money on the line for the actual fantasy league. All you're doing by looking at spoilers is ruining it for yourself. I like the challenge. I want to watch the challenge. I want to be surprised. Not like spoiler Rob McIntyre on the line. He's probably, he knows about like eight seasons from now, don't you? It's good to be the King, Patrick. Yeah, see, Rob, when you finish at the top of a fantasy league for the same reality TV show year after year after year, we think you're looking at spoilers, my man. See, I reject all these accusations. I finished number one last year. The year prior, I had a few teams that were like on the top range or so. So this has not been a consistent thing. This me winning this year does not happen every year. So for people that don't know, Rob runs a fantasy game and he hosts a podcast called The Challenge Chronicles. Highly recommend it. They do a rewatch of all of the old seasons. They're up to Duel right now. I love the Duel, so I'm highly interested. I saw it pop up in my feed, Rob. So I hope you have good takes about the Duel and how great of a season it is. It is a great season. It was my number one season, the fans' number one season. It was like your number two, right? It was my number two season of all time, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I love the Duel. I'm very happy to talk about the Duel. Yeah. Uh, There's like eight storylines that are better than like any storyline going on in most seasons. So I don't want to go into basically every single rule. People can find that on the Fantasy Challenge page. Uh, Again, description of the video and podcast, you can find it all in there. But generally, you get points for winning missions, winning eliminations, winning the challenge, but a lot of the points come from crying, fighting, and hooking up, correct? Yeah, crying, fighting, politicking, uh, confessionals, winning missions. Anything that basically makes you a bigger character on the show gets you points. Yeah, the more screen time that you get on the challenge, basically that almost translates 1v1 into fantasy scoring. Sure. Basically, when I'm making these rules, I'm trying to set it up where whoever the biggest character of the season is is going to end up getting the most points. All right, so let's let's get into this cast because I just overview of the cast to begin with. It's funny that we just talk about the duel and looking back at that cast. I don't know if they knew it at the time, but they had basically everyone minus Landon on that cast who really meant something over like a five-year period this time around it's a bit uneven but all the names that you want at least from the male side are all here i mean i don't know about that you've got these there's like four guys here that i think are head and shoulders above everybody else then there's one or two that maybe can mix in and everybody else is a rookie or really unproven yeah but there's like Three levels of it. You have your big four, and just having Johnny, West, CT, and Jordan all on a season is pretty awesome. And then you get, like, your second-tier guys that people kind of like. So you have Nelson and Corey. Like, they're, they're favorites. They're back. Like, they're not, like, great, but people like them. Then you, have, like, Ky- then you have, like, Kyle and Bear. People like them. Rogan's just coming off a win. Then you have a bunch of unknown people. like And Josh, who is slowly, like, building a following because he cries all the time. Great fantasy player, Josh. Yeah, he was a great fantasy player. He was on my team last year. He was outstanding for because he cried like three times an episode. Yeah, well, like, all, I think like well, missing, hold, like, hold, a, hold on. It's also different that like you do the scoring for it. So if you have Josh, like, oh yeah, he definitely cried eight times. So therefore, I'm going to score eight times as many points. Listen, if anyone wants to audit my scoring, review things, make sure I'm keeping things honest, you are free to go back through and review it and post any differences you may have, okay. and people have. Anyway, I think the cast is pretty good. I think from a competition standpoint, it's hard to figure out who the favorite is. See, I, okay, if we were to set odds right now, and between the clear top four guys 
and then every all the other guys on the cast. What would you set the line between one of those top four guys winning or one of the other people winning? I'd say minus 200. I mean, I'd even go like minus 350 that the top four guys win. Well, if you just had to break it down, let's just break down. So the four highest priced players in this game right now is the four top guys, Johnny, Wes, CT, and Jordan. So I think that if we were to set odds on this, you'd be hard-pressed not to pick Jordan as the favorite, right? Yeah, if you were setting betting lines, I definitely think I would set him as the favorite. And I think like the I think he'd be the most popular pick. I don't know if I'd take him, though. I kind of think he's not set up as well here as he has been for others. Um, if you look at it, his, he's, be, he's the best physical, physical competitor on this, uh, on this cast by far, at least out of the people we've seen. But his little game last year was terrible. He, if, if that season was set up differently, he would have been in eliminations constantly. And, I mean, he can win them, but there's also somewhere, just because he's thinner and a little bit smaller, he kind of can't win. Like, if you look at a guy like a Festi or a CT who are just huge, and they get put up against him in a hall brawl or a tug-of-war type competition, I think he could be gone, actually, a little bit earlier than most people think. Well, and we so rarely see Jordan on back-to-back seasons. It's usually he comes in, he wins, takes two seasons off, come back, wins, takes two seasons off. Like He's won the last three challenges that he has been on, so he deserves to be the favorite. I'm kind of with you, though. Like I don't like just... It almost feels like him and Tori are on this season for the appearance fee because I know that he doesn't like doing challenges back-to-back. Yeah, and like I'm a pretty big believer in the swerve theory when it comes to the challenge where, especially if someone hasn't been around, it's like more inconsistent, where if they come on a season and they do really well, and he was so clearly, clearly the golden boy by the end of last season. Everyone was praising him. He was regarded as like the hero of the season. That when they come back the next season, the cast kind of reacts negatively that I want him taken down. Do you think that there might be a target on Jordan's back this time? Oh, 100%. Because also the thing is, too, if you look at this cast, I think Weston Johnny can beat anybody in a final besides Jordan. And that applies to pretty much all, like all these cast members, honestly. Like, is there anyone outside of Jordan you're running a final against and you think you're just done? That are duds or, like, that would just be an overwhelming favor? Like, I, I do think that Bananas after Jordan would be a huge favorite against anyone that I know. Like, there's a couple guys on this cast I don't know, and you're going to tell me all about them, but... I, out of all the challenge regulars, there's no one I see that's better than Johnny, than Jordan, who's exceptionally better than Bananas is. Yeah, but it hasn't been a while since we've seen him do anything in Dern space. If you remember back on Vendettas, which was really the last one, he was the second-to-last guy on that opening purge. And since then, it's not like we've seen him compete in many long-distance running, and he's gotten older. So I think, I think I'd probably put him as second-best, but again, it's a huge tier below Jordan. Yeah, it's Jordan... And then I think there is a mini tier of like bananas, probably Wes. And then it depends on the shape of some of these guys. Like I've been following Bear's Instagram. Like Bear is absolutely shredded now. I'm not buying that much from Bear. Um, Yeah, Johnny, I actually think Johnny's in a really good spot here though. Like I think if you look at this cast, just again, like there's so many younger people and not many people I think that will be targeting him super heavily at the beginning that if he can overcome some of the political disasters he's had recently, then um, I think he's in a really good position. Yeah, well, the only person that's going to come after him is Wes. So those two are going to go after each other. So it makes no sense that they're probably too expensive to put on the same team to begin with. But I feel like you pick one or the other. Like, you can't have them both. I don't even know if they're going to go at each other at the beginning of this time. 
Like, I think I could see what happens this season is there's a ceasefire between the two of them where they'll take out each other as, like, allies but not go at the exact person first. Like, if you're West, I think I could see him targeting Jordan and Bear before he targets Bananas. And then from Johnny, you could see him targeting, like, a Jay or a Corey before he goes after West. Well, we also don't know specifically how the rules of the season are shaking down because there's a few different elements. It it looks, A, like it's a pretty athletic season or at least one where you need to be reasonably athletic and not afraid of things which is always like one of the key elements with some of these new people that's why it's so tough to take the new people is that you just don't know how they're going to react to heights or explosions going off around them like remember that Derek was it Derek who was the guy from like real world bad blood that came in that like wouldn't jump with the coconuts oh that's uh, Theo Bradley he was actually like a college athlete he seemed like he would be a decent contender and then he just wouldn't jump off the, with the coconuts, which is a really dumb elimination, too. Yeah, it was a really dumb elimination. It was a super easy and safe elimination. But, like, for as good of an athlete as he was, he just wouldn't you know, jump 50 feet or whatever it was on a bungee cord. Like, all right, well, you're going to lose. Like, you never know that element of it. And I think that this season has some of that. Like, it does appear like that there's no, like, challenge house. It looks like they're in some sort of, I don't know if it's an underground bunker, but they're in a bunker of some sort for an extended period of time. In the trailer that dropped, nothing is really revealed, but it looks like there's going to be one guy winner and one female winner. But they might start in teams. I don't really know, but you also have to win an elimination to get yourself into the final. You can't get by without going in. So I think there's a strategic element of that, too, where I think that suits Bananas a little bit better than almost everyone else, solely because I think he'll pick his spot correctly when he goes into elimination. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'd actually thought about a format that would be like that for a while, where I'd always envisioned it being sort of like a tournament setup, where everyone starts out in the first round, and then to advance to the second round, you have to win an elimination. Um, but then if you win the mission, you would be like the game setter and get a pick what the two eliminations going on would be that day, who you would go against and what the theme of the elimination would be. So a lot of people have been saying that this format, like gets rid of strategy. I think it increases it like 10, like by hundred percent. Why do you say that? Well, just because you have to pick your spots and that's where I think Jordan and CT run into problems where CT's game these past few seasons has basically just been not going into eliminations. He has been kind of sitting back, laying back, just trying to play the political game and not have to go in at all. And Jordan is thing is he'll just go in against anybody. He doesn't really put anything into politics and he doesn't he makes alliances, but he doesn't seem to really try to be that aware of what's going on. Like last season he had this one moment where he was talking to Zach and he was like, Yeah, I'll switch to UK and I'll just run things from over there. And there was nothing about the season that would indicate if Jordan switched over to UK, he could just run things. That just wasn't how the season was playing out. So unless if he gets a lot more like politically aware of the situation i think both of those guys could be in trouble well i don't know if necessarily like the political decision that i think jordan made that he said he could go to the uk team last season and run everything is that he seems to be good at knowing when there's no chance of switching opinion on whatever he's doing so if he had stayed on the american team they were just going to throw him in every time and that ended up happening with the uk team either they threw him in or he got voted in to go play against them but i think that he saw the players and the male competitors on the u.s team was like well i have a better shot against the uk anyway and eventually they're gonna be like hey we might need you to win so we'll just throw in someone else See, I, my thing with that though i think there was some outs for him that he could have not just been going in every time the reason he was going in ahead of like josh for example on the team us team is because he was saying he was going to throw missions once Tory got to the uk team 
And um, Tori also could have avoided elimination if her and Jordan had voted for Nani. They like they said like they would have preferred to throw Nani in, but since Tori wouldn't vote for her, and neither would Leroy, they couldn't get enough votes to put Nani in. So then they had to put Tori in, and then that's what screwed the two of them over. So let's just jump back to those big four: Jordan, Bananas, CT, and Wes. I think I'm gonna leave like CT doesn't for fantasy scoring at least. CT doesn't do enough of any of the other stuff anymore. Like he's just kind of chilling. And I don't think that this game environment is going to be like ideal for him. Like that's the one thing about bananas in all of this is that you can throw him into almost any circumstance. And like, he's a professional challenge player, like, especially when it comes to manipulating the rules or getting the most out of strategy. CT and Jordan are just there by they're, they're now fan favorites. They both started out with some tumultuous beginnings. They've developed into fan favorites, and they get by either on reputation or physical ability. It's not really like CT's become better at the politicking, but it's a lot different when you're in a nice house in, I don't know, Thailand. Have all three of CT's wins come in Thailand? Yeah, like thing? yeah. All right. three have come in Thailand. All right. All three, yeah. Yeah, so let's just cross CT off the list because it's not in Thailand. It's in no. Czech Republic, so let's just cross him off. Like, I don't know why Wes is still doing this. Like, I don't think that Wes... This is the third season in a row. Like, he also feels like he's there for the appearance fee. Well, you'd imagine, for one, the appearance fee is pretty substantial for him at this point. And also, I think he set it up where he can go away from his businesses for a decent amount of time, and it's not, like, a huge problem. Um, I, mean, I think he's there to win this season. I don't think he liked getting knocked out by a bear so early last season. Yo, he looked – I don't know if he was actually sick last season or he had to go home, but, like, he gave zero effort in his elimination. No, he said he was really sick, and then since then he's gotten the Yukon Cornelius beard, and then now he seems to be in pretty good shape, too. So I'm in on West this season. I, I think the decision at the top for your fantasy team really comes down between Bananas and West, and that just becomes a personal preference of what you want to do. I'd probably lean Bananas, to tell you the truth. Like, especially because he's been eliminated so early in the past few seasons, I think people are, like, jumping off the Johnny Bananas bandwagon. But even to watch the trailer, and maybe they're, like, really just, maybe he goes home super early again. He is all over the pregame. Like, he is, out of, like, the 95 seconds in the trailer, he's in, like, 35 seconds of them. Oh, yeah, he has, like, twice the screen time as anybody else, and he's front and center in that poster you've got up there. He's all over the pregame material. And they can sometimes be misleading with that. Like, on Vendetta's, Corey and Johnny had, like, pictures of themselves in Times Square, and Corey was the first guy going home, and I thought it broke So they can, they can try to throw you off the scent, but they, he's been so present in all the pregame material. I'm, I'm really of two minds about him. I don't know which way I'll go. Yeah. And uh, he would have had a good year. Like, if Johnny Bananas knew Roman numerals, like there's a decent chance that he could have won last season. I don't think so. I, if, he, if he didn't throw that mission with Laurel, which was the most moronic political decision in the past few years, I think he would have been fine. It made no sense for him to risk their numbers at that point. That was so ridiculous. It was, but, like, he had the elimination won, and he got the numbers mixed up, and then he beats Theo. Theo just kind of goes on a torrid pace, wins a few eliminations before he runs into Jordan. But Bananas and Jordan are like a team here. So those two working together, you throw Tori onto that team too, and whatever, like, random dudes want to – CT, do you think CT will work with Wes, or do you think he'll work with Bananas? I kind of think all four are going to work – like, I've always been someone who's never said, I don't think Wes and Johnny will ever have an explicit alliance. I really could see a ceasefire this season, though, where, like, for example, like, if you look at the, like, seasons, like, of Survivor, where returning players come back, where the big threat goes, hey, since, if we're the big threats, 
And we're, we get under the other big threats, and the other guys are just going to come for us because we're the biggest threat remaining. So I think for them, if any of them go towards the end with these rookies, the rookies eventually probably have a bigger bond with the other rookies than them, and they'll just turn on them. So I think that – I don't think they'll have an explicit alliance between Wes and Johnny, but now since CT and Jordan are also on better terms, I think all four kind of work together this season. Yeah, I, I just – I don't think that – just from a show story perspective, Johnny and Wes are savvy enough that their rivalry extending is both good for the show and good for them personally. So they have to put – they have to continue to be rivals until there's another rival season when they're finally partners. That, that's how this actually has to work out. And Bananas doesn't need Wes in this situation. So if him and Jordan are boys, so those two are – he kind of does. What? I think he kind of does. He can't go to a final with Jordan. He will lose to Jordan in a final for one. And two, if he goes to the end with these rookies, we've seen what happened to him in Vendettas, where he was the biggest threat remaining when Tony and Zach got power, and then they turned on him. So I think he needs to keep some of these bigger threats around, or else these rookies are going to turn on him towards the end. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I think that really works out well for Jordan. And like, and if you have to win an elimination to go in, if you can have the strength of Jordan and Tori behind you, like the best guy and maybe the best girl, and like you're a top-tier guy, then you have all the stragglers that come along with Bananas too. Like Nani is going to be on Bananas' side. Then you're going to have Kyle, who's going to be on Bananas' side. And because Kyle's on your side, Bear's on your side. Like they have a lot of numbers here. And knowing that you have to win an elimination – as long as you don't go against Jordan, maybe Jordan can get upset. Then all of a sudden, like you're golden. Yeah, that that's true. I, I I think we could see something going on here with Wes and Johnny. I, I think that there's could be some sort of ceasefire. I'm with you. I don't think we'll have an explicit alliance. Like I don't think it'll be where we'll see them politicking all the time on screen and stuff. But I could see a ceasefire at least until like midway through the season, where in the beginning they decide not to take shots at each other. All right, so the next four competitors in terms of pricing, the top four female in the cast, Tori Deal, $220. Smashley, $220. D coming off a win is $200. And then Maddie at a buck ninety. Uh, and then we'll throw Jenny in there too. Jenny is $180. Uh, Jenny is by far the best value of all of these people. I like D a lot too. I think she didn't get enough credit she deserved for winning last season. I do like Jenny as well, though. Um, so yeah, Jenny and D I think would be the two that I look at here. I, I don't think that if you're going to take Tori, you have to take Jordan too. I think. Yeah, I can see that. Again, with with her, it's just I think she got so much attention last season. I, I can see, and she doesn't have like she doesn't have that many allies right now in the season. Would you say? Like, who do you see clearly aligned with her, especially on the girls' side? Who, Tori? Yeah. Nani, for sure. And that could be it. I, I mean, her and Jenny seem to be pretty good friends, even though they went to elimination together. And they're going to have the backing yeah, of... But And if we do think that it breaks down that Jordan and Bananas end up on a team, then they have all that support as well. So if Tori's friends with Nani, Nani's friends with Bananas, like that's just a very logical four like a core four of an alliance that you can use moving forward, and then all the periphery people. And then if you get Jenny on that alliance, like I still think that Jenny is the most athletically gifted of all of these people in terms of like strength. Uh, we even saw that her cardio was pretty good. Her swimming was pretty good last season. She just, I don't think she had ever done anything like with physical contact before. I, I didn't think, I also think she didn't want to hurt Tori in that hall brawl, and Tori just didn't, didn't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think she'll be better this season. I think she, yeah, I think in terms of natural athleticism, you think she's probably the number one girl on this cast. I don't think, I don't think looking at anybody else, you can really say that. Maybe Casey is the only other one I'd put up there. Um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think if she gets a little bit more political game behind her and then also has a little bit more of a physical edge, you'll see that a lot where when competitors are rookies, they just aren't used to that level of physical competition. And then after having a season of it, they're, they're much better off their second time around. Uh, I would think that most people, when they're building their teams, they'll take Jordan and Tori to begin with. And a strategy for this contest, uh, it's probably best not to take them if that was going to be the key. Like last year, yeah. it was super sharp to put them together because no one no one overwhelmingly wanted to use them. They were popular, but not too popular. Like I think I had Tori and Jordan, Polly and Kara, just because I knew that there was going to be teams, put the people who might hook up together. I don't think that like between the four of them that any of them hooked up, but they all got to the end, so it all worked <laughs> out. Not the way that I had planned it, but it did all work out in the end. But if you don't want to use those two, like Ashley at the same price as Tori, everyone's going to use Tori, no one's going to use Ashley, and you do run the risk of Ashley as the first person out, but she could definitely win. <laughs> yeah, so with Ashley's last few appearances, she won Invasion, quit on Dirty 30, won Final Reckoning, uh, got last on War of the Worlds 1, and then now got to the final War of the Worlds 2. So it's an off Ashley season, unfortunately. And maybe so. Look at that. Look at those career winnings $1.1 million. <laughs> yeah. O- only Jordan is close. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, she's won more than anybody else. I don't think anybody else has cleared a million. No, yeah, Jordan second with 833,000, then Bananas with 684,000. It feels like it's yeah, funny. Yeah, Turbo has 750. Oh, yeah, Turbo has, and Theo has a bunch too, because whatever second was on that season was worth a lot of money, I think. If I, can Theo ever come back now that he's lost his eye? Because I've seen him like he was wearing an eye patch for a really long time. Follow Theo on Instagram. Good dude. Uh, but now he's like appearing in photos without it. So it makes me, it leads me to believe that maybe like his eye is healing. I still don't think he has vision in it, but I don't see why he couldn't come back on. I mean, back in the day, they had, like, people who were pregnant coming on the challenge, so I, I think they can make the move with Theo. Well, that's an interesting thing, because, like, my girl, DJ Mel Reeves, is back on. One of my faves. Uh, but, like, she's pregnant now? No, no. She's, I, I think, as I saw, like, yesterday, she's, like, 26 weeks pregnant, which kind of, like, coincides with this show. So she might be pregnant on the yeah. show. <laughs> she, she, she just might not know it yet. Yeah, maybe I need to put, like, um, conceive a child as points for this season. Who knows? I mean, do, do we think that – if you had to guess, let's say Melissa does get impregnated on this show and the father is in this cast, there is a 100% chance it's Corey, right? Oh, I wouldn't say that. We don't know about these new guys. Yeah, but, I mean, Corey, Corey already has, like – I mean, if, if, if Tony was on this season, it would be Tony or Corey. But, like – Put it this way, even though he's down three goals with 30 seconds left, uh, Corey's not pulling the goalie. <laughs> I mean, we've got Tyler and Bear on this cast, too, Rogan. I mean, I, I think there's a, a lot of options here. So of those top-end girls, I think that Jenny would be my preference, only because she's the cheapest, to tell you the truth. And I think that physically she's better than the five of them. Now, maybe, she, maybe people see her as such a threat they get rid of her. But Maddie's super sneaky, too. I don't watch – what is she on, like – Party Down South, is that the show that she's on? Oh, and she's also on Floribama Shore um, now. Yeah, I, I saw a clip of her, and all she is is, like, straight drinking a bottle of tequila and just pounding back cigs. Although she looks <laughs> like she's in like, a lot better shape this time around. 
she looks like she's in better shape. I mean, I don't know if parting with Gus is the best strategy before going on a challenge. Um, we'll, we'll see where her head's at. I'm not, I think she could do okay. I actually think she could do okay here. She could even win, honestly, with the way this girl's cast look. But I probably will not pick her. Well, I mean, just her size advantage is huge. Like, I, I mean, she must be, what, six foot, six foot one? Oh, she's, yeah, she's really, really tall. I think Jenny's probably the only girl that comes close to her, just pure size-wise. So if she gets in any of those bruiser eliminations, you'd have to imagine she's a favorite. She, she probably goes down in, like, a puzzle or a more agility-based elimination, if anything. Yeah, I would think that, like, it, endurance or puzzle. And I would think the same thing about, I mean, Jenny's endurance is really good, so it's probably puzzle that takes her out. Although we just saw her lose a strength elimination in a hall brawl when she was way bigger than her competitor. But... It just seems like Maddie's the only one that can rival Jenny's size. And that does mean something, I think. Yeah, you could even see a situation, too, there where we're, we don't know how this format works. It looks like it's probably going to be like a tribunal-esque format again. Um, but maybe some of the girls throw their mending against each other just so then they don't have to face them. I mean, that's, that's a very smart idea. But I can see it being that like if you win the daily mission, this is just me speculating, that you have the choice to either be safe from getting called in or you can call out whoever you want to go in to like get your win to get in. Yeah, that, that would make sense to me. That's how I was sort of envisioning this format. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, who knows with this show, if how much thought they've actually put into these formats. There's also like, as it pertains to fantasy scoring, D is D at 200 and Maddie at 190. Well, they won't be super popular picks. Like I think athletically, and if I was just picking someone to win, it would definitely be Jenny over Maddie, but Maddie comes along with all the boozing, the potential hooking up and all that stuff that Jenny just seems to be. She's, she's just away from that. A lot like bananas kind of is. I think bananas will get mixed up every now and then. He and Wes will probably have a few choreographed plays to run here just to give the producer some content to run. Uh, but yeah, D, I mean, Maddie didn't mix it up that much last season she was on, though. She wasn't fighting that much. Maybe Thor Bamishore and Party Down South have pumped her up a little bit for this season. Um, but D, I actually think, is a really good fantasy player. And, like, I didn't have her on my team last season, but she probably was, like, the best pick in the game just because of how low-owned and how uh, cheap she was compared to everybody else. Yeah, and she ended up winning. That really helped. But yeah, like, like who is the best fantasy player you can think of since we started doing this? Is it Georgia? Because D would probably have to be pretty close. Like, she has an emotional breakdown every show. She hooks up. She drinks. She, like, gets heat exhaustion. And she wins. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah, she's politically involved, too. Gets a decent amount of confessionals. I would say, I mean, Smashly before last season was a dynamite fantasy player whenever she was around. Um, I don't know what happened to her last season, though. She was pretty quiet. Um... Yes, Smashley, Georgia. Georgia's also really good. I mean, cries all the time. Gets a ton of confessional. So the outlier... Polly, too, honestly. Polly's really good. Yeah, Polly's been really good. Like, Kara doesn't really do anything. Like, Bananas and Jenny are sort of the same. Is that, like, they're probably not going to go around hooking up. But Bananas will, like, not... He won't get into a fight, but, like, he'll cause a commotion. Jenny doesn't seem to do any of that. Yeah, we'll we'll get to Jay later. I think he'll pick a fight or two with him specifically. Why? Like, who, the um, hell, who the hell is Jay? So Jay is from Survivor Millennials Gen X, and he actually dated Morgan um, before Morgan dated Johnny. And then he and Morgan were dating when Morgan and Johnny hooked up. So there's a, there will be some uh, storyline there. Yeah, well, I can just see Bananas being like, I'm Johnny Bananas. Who the hell are you? <laughs> I mean, he, he's someone who he likes to pick a fight with a rookie that comes on every season. Maybe. So there's one outlier player here in terms of pricing. Nelson... 
is $190. So all the top four guys are $250. Nelson's $190. And then the next closest to him below is Rogan at $130. Why is Nelson at $190? Like, what elevates him above the Corys and the Rogans and the Bears and Kyles of the world? I mean, he's 8-2-1 and one in elimination. So he's shown he's pretty dominant there. He got second in that final uh, with CT. And he, if that final didn't have so much swimming compared to most other finals where swimming's not really a factor, then he, he probably wins that season. And he's got, like, a decent amount of allies. He mixes it up. He always gets in drama, too. I, I think Nelson – I I don't know if I can fit him on my roster just with how the pricing works out. But I, I would want to pick him if I could. Do you think anyone is going to pick like, – I'm actually really glad. This is why I think this cast is kind of strong, because I really like Nelson. I think he's great TV. And I don't... like. Is he playing up his sound bites, or is he just a legitimate moron? I don't think he's that dumb. Remember when he schemed against Corey and Shane in that elimination on Invasion? And I, um, I, I still don't think... Them. I still don't think that he schemed to do that. I think that's just... <laughs> he forgot what the plan was. I mean, I don't know. I, I think um, I don't think he's that dumb. I, I think some of it's put off. He could just be like not the most skilled linguistically, and then everything else is fine. But yeah, I, I agree with you that if he gets to a final, like he's kind of dangerous. Where we know that if Corey gets to the final, he's not winning. No, I mean, it, well, it depends on how many puzzles are in the final for Nelson, or if he's paired with a girl who can actually like, do the puzzles. If that's that portion of the final. Yeah, we, we just know, um, but yeah, we everything just, else, I mean, he's got really good stamina, so I, I think he's good for a final. Yeah, like, he's someone that you need to get there. And, like, I don't know where, like, where does he fall in this season with alliances? Like, does he team up with Wes? Well, Wes and Hunter were so closely aligned, and then Nelson and Hunter are still really good friends, so I could definitely see that happening. It'll be interesting to see if Johnny still has a vendetta against Nelson and goes for him early. Um, and then, like, I don't think he has anything against any of these British guys. Uh, so, I mean, he was really close with Joss. So you imagine he and Rogan at least have some sort of relationship. Yeah, well, let's get to those guys because Rogan's the next person up. So it's Rogan, Kyle, Bear, 130, 120, 110. That's the next tier of guy competitors here. And, or do uh, I, no, well, sorry, I no, sorry, I got that wrong. 170, I was looking at the other <laughs> side of the column. 170, 170, 170 for all three of them. So, yeah, so I guess Nelson's not that big of an outlier. I was just looking at it incorrectly. So 190 for Nelson, 170 for these three guys. Like, I think you could probably put Kyle and Bear together as a package, knowing that they're going to work together. But, like, what happens to Rogan now? Like, who is he aligned with? Because it feels like no one. I could see him being done early. Like, you can't imagine he and D have the best relationship at this point. And then West seems pretty tied to D still. So, yeah, I, I don't know where he goes. And, like, he and Josh were taking shots at Carr recently, and I know her and Polly aren't on the season, but she's still connected to some of this cast. So I, I think he could be gone, like, week two. Rogan? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he never saw an elimination last season, and a lot of the vets probably will be still annoyed with him for that. So I think he could be done real early here. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Kyle and Bear, Kyle especially, because Kyle is so tied with Bananas, that if people start taking shots and, like, we need to get rid of Jordan, we need to get rid of Bananas, that Kyle can kind of skate by, and, like, episode to episode, Kyle's going to pile you up a bunch of fantasy points. Well, the only issue with Kyle, he is engaged now, so he won't be doing any hooking up, unfortunately. He's engaged? Um, he also, he has relationships with both. Yeah, he has, like, a house. I'm pretty sure he has a fiancé now. No, good for him. He's also in much better shape than he used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... 
I wasn't a huge fan of how he played last season. I feel like if he just kind of committed more to the Josh uh, Rogan alliance, he could have even won last season. Um, and he has had past relationships with both Wes and Johnny, though. So he could maybe like play both sides a little bit between them and then just skate by until like two-thirds of the way through the season. Yeah, well, he seems like he could be aligned with, like, what I'm saying about him, like, Bear is sort of an outlier because Bear is going to be a maniac. It, and Paul and I haven't discussed this yet, but Bear's a must-have always, right? I will probably not be owning Bear. Like, I, the only, like, worry about Bear is that he gets knocked out in, like, the first three episodes because it feels like if there's 16 episodes on a season, if you can get nine episodes out of Bear, he is the highest-scoring person in most episodes because he's a nut job. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he like, the one of the things that separates Wes and Johnny so much for me is that any episode they're in, you're, you know they're getting, like, eight at least confessionals and have a decent shot of winning the mission. Bear's pretty close to them in that regard, though. I feel like he's almost, he's kind of like what Le'Veon Bell was for a few years there in fantasy, where anytime he was healthy, you know he was going to be really good, but there's also a super big chance he gets suspended or injured or something crazy happens. Yeah, and, like, he's, I, I do you think that the conditions of this house, like, it, it reminds, this season reminds me of not the island, but how, like, the island, everyone was just miserable the entire time. So there was no, like, yeah. outside, outside of Johanna and Kenny, there was, like, no hooking up. I could see this being a season where there's no hooking up, although Banana alludes to people potentially hooking up in the trailer, so who knows? I think they're still going to be hooking up. What else are they going to do? What? Like, what else are they going to do if they're just locked in this basement house besides hook up? I don't know. Sit around and strategize the entire time. Yeah, I don't see Bear being that involved in sitting around and strategizing, I have to say. Now, I think of those three, I'd go Kyle, then, I don't know, for fantasy scoring, I'd probably go Bear, then Kyle, then Rogan. I think Rogan's kind of sneaky, though, because I don't actually know how good he is at stuff, but, like, he, he acquitted himself very well in the final. I mean, that final was pretty well set up for his team, though, with how everything worked out. Where most finals are much more conditioning-based, where you have to run a lot. That was actually a power final, where the size actually really helped him. Well, it didn't. It didn't. Like, when we look at the U.S. team, like, oh, Zach needs a break, and then Polly needs a break. Like, CT, Jordan, and Rogan did not need a break, and, like, they were fine the entire time. Yeah, but they also were carrying a lot more weight. They were carrying with women a decent proportion of the time. Then um, don't jump shot with women, obviously, but with how that worked out, just the size difference there wasn't going to be good for them. And then also, Zach and Polly have a crazy low body fat percentage. I think it was Tori who was talking about this. Where with that point, you kind of just needed like the extra hibernation girth to keep going through it. No, oh, you you needed that extra fat to burn off as you were going. Yeah, that's what Tori was saying, and like that kind of makes sense. And if you had Remember Paulie when he was talking right before the final, he was saying like, "Oh, he started out a little bit bigger, and then now he's in perfect shape to run a final." Um, and most times he would have been right, but with how that final worked out, the extra like had the lack of size actually really hurt him. That's really interesting. That's now two body type excuses for Zach on not winning a final. The first time around when he gassed out with Laurel, <laughs> was that like he was too big, so in altitude he cramped up because he had too much muscle, and now he has too little fat, so he couldn't do it. I, mean, I don't know if Zach gave that excuse, but that 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 was the call for what happened there. I mean, he and Paulie were super beat up after that final, though, too. Yeah, they were. And, like, when you look at someone like Bananas is in good shape, but he's not in, like, the best shape of all people. Uh, and even Jordan. Like, Jordan's in really good shape, but he's not, like, cut like Paulie is. That Maybe you're right. Maybe that's, like, the body type that you want to run finals. 
Yeah, like Pauling was saying he's like five, he's like five seven, five eight, and like one fifty. I mean, that's that's pretty small compared to a lot of guys who are on the show. Like like Hunter is like five eight and like one ninety five, I think. So you just compare those two size wise, it's a huge difference. All right, so the next crew of guys coming through here. Actually, the next crew of girls. You have Casey at 130. I don't know who that is, although she's on the picture for the graphic. So she looks pretty badass. I'm not going to lie to you. Maybe it's just the tats. I don't know. But she looks like an athlete. Um, Or she at least looks like she's going to kill someone. Kayla, Nani. (laughs) So Casey's a buck 80. Kayla's 170. Nani is 160. Don't really know what to do with this. Like, do I just blindly take Casey because she looks like she's going to be good? Like, what, what do you know about her? So I, man, I've set the pricing purposefully really hard this season because people had complained it was too easy to get whoever they wanted recently. Um, but I would really want to try to fit Casey on. So she's actually, she won Big Brother 20 first off. And, like, it wasn't like she was, she was politically aware, certainly. But a lot, one of her big strengths was just competitions. Like, she won the most competitions ever by a Big Brother female in that season. And she's also a pro football player for, like, the Women's Football Alliance oh, is, um, is in that, San Diego. Okay, hold on a second. She is a female professional football player, and she's on the challenge? Yeah, she's my team captain. No, like, yeah, no, got, I, I really want to try to fit her around. Yeah, I really want to try to fit her on. It's just going to be hard. We'll, we'll see what I can pull off. I really want to try to get her on the squad. All right, well, let's throw uh, let's throw Jenna into this tier too because she's a buck, buck oh, sixty. Like I think the other three are like Kayla. I can see just because she's a drama machine and she'll be aligned with Jenna, so maybe that helps him out a little bit. But like I don't want Jenna; she's not going to do anything. Nani's kind of useless. No. Like she, Nani's just the player. Like I love Nani, but she's just there to like smoke cigs, drink a little bit, and like she doesn't even hook up anymore. So she's going to ride banana or Wes's coattails for as long as like, she's considered a layup. And then eventually she'll be sacrificed and she won't win. So like, she's not going to score you a bunch of points. Like, do I really want Kayla? Like she might fight someone and go home really early. I mean, she could, maybe that'll be enough points where it'll work out. I'm not huge. I'm not big on anybody in this, out of these three, honestly. Um, like Nani, I could definitely see her hanging around for a while. She just has a lot of friends in the house, but I don't know if she has the overall athleticism to win. Kayla, we'll see what shape she comes back in. I mean, she's certainly in for more drama than Jenna, and I actually think she's been a better competitor than Jenna, too. So maybe she could turn out okay here. Jenna, I definitely will not be picking. She, she hasn't been anything entertaining on screen since she had that fight with her cousin on Budline. Well, I mean, if we talk about greatest moments in the history of the challenge... Yeah, that was pretty good. Her fight with her cousin about her dad being in jail and the other one's dad <laughs> owning a bakery is like... Maybe the craziest fight of all time, and I, I I can go and watch that on repeat over and over. It might be the best the best single five minute stretch of any episode of the challenge. It's pretty outstanding. Like I I was watching that just like a few days ago. Honestly, it just her shouting, "Your dad works in a bakery. That's why you have a job." It's just such so fantastic. All right, so the next tier of dudes, we got Corey at one sixty, Josh. At 150, is Fessy a guy or a girl? Fessy's a dude. Okay, so Fessy is 140. And then we got J at JS at 120. Uh, I mean, I like Corey. I'm glad he's back as someone I enjoy to watch. Zero chance he makes my fantasy team. Unless he, like, I think he's having another kid now. I don't know if he's married or not. That probably won't stop him either way. But, like, if it was single Corey coming in, like, he'd be good for, like, four hookups. 
I mean, I don't know where to stop him at this point. He's got baby swag coming in, so he's got that going for him. He's actually five and three in eliminations. So I don't think – I think with Corey, he's someone everyone talks about is overrated, so he's actually not overrated anymore. But I don't – I definitely don't think he'll win. He doesn't just really seem to have that upside. Well, he also has, like, a bum knee. So anytime he gets into anything, like, endurance-wise, he's just absolute toast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, he's got – like, we'll see how, where him and Johnny stand at this point. I think they had kind of buried the hedges a little bit. But I don't, I don't see huge upside for him. I could see him going home pretty early, too. Are you, are you going to go back to Josh again? Like, crying points off the charts. Oh, Lord. I don't know. I, he, it's funny. Most people really liked him last season. I thought he just came off so unaware of what was going on around him. Oh, I, 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 every I episode completely disagree. Like, I hated Josh. For the first season he was on, the first War of the Worlds, I thought he was the absolute worst person I've ever seen on this show. So I went into World War of the Worlds 2 really hating his guts. And a few episodes go by, still kind of hate his guts. But the more the season went along, the more he really grew on me. Real team player. Like, and he was, I think that his in-game, I, I think his in-game awareness is a lot better than you think. Like, he's he's a big dude. Oh, I think it's terrible. It was bad in... I, I think he's like... Go ahead. Well, just okay. So in the beginning of the season, he throws in West. And as you can go either way on that move, that's probably a decent move for him just to shake things up. But then, like two episodes later, he's like, I don't see, like, I know I threw in West, but I don't see why throwing in Johnny helps our team when John literally just threw a mission at that episode. And then, like, later on, he's shouting at his team saying, Oh, you guys are all playing Polly's game. And I mean, you can make a point that perhaps the game they're playing is better for Polly than them, but you need to state that point. You can't just say they're playing Polly's game. It doesn't matter who the strategist is. In this game, it's not Survivor Big Brother where you have to like prove yourself by the end of it strategy wise. You have to actually articulate why that like is a problem, and he never did. Hmm. What can you tell me about Fessy? Who is this guy? Okay, so Fessy, he's from Big Brother, and he's um six foot five. He was an NFL prospect at tight end, like he Ooh. played college and actually like ran some drills in the combine. And like again, he's sort of like Casey, where he was okay politically. He didn't win his season. But he was a monster competitor, and he just, I mean, he's big. So, like, he's, he's like, he's as tall as Theo, but he's actually, like, got muscle behind him instead of the runner body that Theo has. So, he's an interesting pick here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, out of these lower-priced guys, out of the rookies, I think he and Jay will be the two that actually have, like, storylines on the guy's side. I'm not too concerned about storylines. I'm just concerned about someone who's good enough to, like, when, I, when I'm looking at rookies, I think it's better to go with, like, physical attributes over who might get a ton of screen time because that is just so random to begin with that if I know that he can win an elimination or, like, win a mission, like, that's just going to get him on screen. Sure, sure. No, that's fair. But, I mean, I think having that front at least will give you them a reason to give you confessionals and you won't get, like, Shailene's or something. Yeah. So what about Jay? You think that Jay's going to be any good? I think he'll be okay. He's a little bit smaller. I was surprised if they were going to bring a survivor guy on. They didn't bring one. He's a little bit bigger than he is. But, you I mean, he was competitive physically his season of Survivor. Um, I think we'll have that, that stuff going on with Johnny, at least in the beginning of the season. And he seemed really pretty likable, like the rest of the cast all liked him during his season. So I, I think he could be okay here. All right. So who's the next tier of players that we have? Uh, so we got DJ Mel um, Re- DJ Mel Reeves coming in at a buck thirty. 
Who else do we have? Anissa. Oh, good God. 130. Big, how the hell is Big T back? Big T, $110. Uh, so, someone named Jennifer at $100. Bailey at $100. And you've put in male and female alternate, uh, I guess, if it comes down to that. Yeah, people complain about that. I thought about putting them at just like $0. Um, so people can just like throw them onto the back end of their team. But just, with the way those will work is just if one alternate shows up, either male or female, you'll accrue points for that person, whoever it might be. But if another, if there's like two that show up, you only get one point for the first one. Uh, I will tell you there's a 100% chance that Melissa will be on my team. She is probably my favorite oh, person. Oh, yeah, 100%. She is my favorite person on the show. I think she's actually super underrated physically, too. Like, I think she has some, like, MMA experience. And if you look at her elimination with Sylvia, she was, like, she was really physical that elimination. She was not afraid of contact at all. So, and, I mean, she's, she's another one, too, where this episode she's on, she's going to pile up the fantasy points. So I, I'll be definitely be trying to fit Melissa onto my squad. Now, I know that she's pregnant now, so that leads me to believe she probably hooks up with a dude, but we've seen in seasons past that, I mean, she can go either way, so that just opens up the entire house to her. Yeah, she, she's got anybody on this season she could be um, trying to get with. I think she'll, she's, she's, she's definitely someone who loves her camera time, which is great for fantasy points. Oh, yeah, and she can be like an absolute lunatic, too. Like she's, she comes from the ex on the beach background in the UK, like not afraid to get into people's faces. Uh, and like compared to Big T who is just an absolute disaster. Uh, and Anissa, who I was trying to think of it, like just thinking about it, like Anissa's season of the real world was real world Chicago, which happened during 9-11. So that's 2001. Yeah. We're almost 20 years later. So conservatively, she's 36. That's the youngest she could be. High end, she could be 40. And she's been on 12 of these seasons and she sucks. Like she's good at eliminations she's fierce and like you know she's a big body she knows what to do but you would if i was on this season i'd be like hey anisa want to come to the final with me let's go you're going to lose exactly exactly that's and the producers do seem to like her she gets a decent amount of confessionals she just seems like the ultimate person who she could even make the final just because who who wants to get rid of anisa and she can win an elimination or two and then just gets last yeah like how many finals has she been to i'm trying to think Three? Uh, two. She, no, no, it's just, I think, I'm pretty sure it's just two, because she went to Gauntlet 2, which was the wonkiest final of all time. And she, I mean, she could have won that one. Anyone could have won that final. Um, and, and then on Duel 2, she was in that final, and she and Mark Long were like six hours behind Brad, Evan, Rachel, and uh, Brittany. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't really Mark Long's fault that they were six hours behind. It was Anissa's no, it fault was they not. were six hours behind. Yeah, that, that one's probably on her, I have to say. Um, so like, if you're, especially if you're like a Nani competitor and you probably need to get really well set up for the final, you probably want Anissa to be hanging around for a while. I can see her sticking around for a while, although like she doesn't have, not that she was a big, like popular amongst like the popular good players, like during her heyday, but there, there was always enough respect for Anissa because she will cut you with words. She's, like you said, very good at confessionals. <laughs> so that helps. The, pro the producers seem to love her, too. So maybe they set her up for something a little bit easier. But I can see her, like, terrifying some of these young, younger competitors. Oh, yeah. And, like, her and Wes are actually, like, really, really good friends. So I think she'll have an alliance there. And maybe she just kind of gets in with that crew. I would still take, of this, you're like, what, what can you tell me about Bailey? Who's she? Um, so she's actually engaged to Swaggy C. And they were on Big Brother 20 together. They worked against Casey, though. So I don't quite know where the relationship will stand going into this season. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. She's just kind of indiscreet. We'll, we'll see what happens when she comes on. No, no, like significant athletic background to speak of, at least. All right. Yeah. So I think from this bottom tier, it's it's Melissa. But if you're going to take Bailey, Swaggy C seems like someone you would also have to take. Like if you're going to go Bailey and Swaggy C for a hundred bucks each, like you could afford Johnny and Jordan or Wes and CT, whoever you wanted. Yeah, you definitely could try that way. I think with the way this works out, you might have to take someone that's like 120 bucks or less. Um, so I can, I mean, who knows with big team, maybe she trained a little bit and will be a little bit better coming back this time. Um, and then like Jennifer Lee, who's another hundred dollar player. She was her first boot on the amazing Grace. Cause she seems like she could be Shailene 2.0. Um, and then, I mean, out of the hundred dollar players, I definitely think ASAP is at least the most notable. So he dated Tori for, I, mean, I don't know about dated. They were like a kind of a thing on their season of Are You the One for a little bit. And then he's also been on um, Worst Cooks in America. So you think you can dance. And um, he won Big Brother VIP. So he has a super big reality uh, TV track record, at least. Uh, but I, I don't quite know about his competitive abilities. Yeah, so down here you have, it's Asif. That's how you pronounce it? Not Asaf? A, a, no, no, it's Asaf. ASAP. So he won Big Brother Israel? It's like Big Brother VIP Israel. So I guess there's celebrity Big Brother version. And then, yeah, he was also on Worst Cooks in America, and so you think you can dance. Oh, did, he, did he compete with Cust for Worst Cooks in America? <laughs> he should be on that show. Um, I mean, they could throw him on maybe a best of Worst Cooks in America. Or, or Worst Cooks in America versus Worst Cooks in Canada. I mean, if we got Cust on our side, I think we're looking pretty good. So Asaf and Swaggy C. I, I just really find it hard to, like, we, his name is Swaggy C. What's his real name? Is it, like, Chris? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is an all-names cast, though, at least. You've got Big T, Swaggy C, Asaf, Bessie. Is Swaggy C going to be any good? Like, I, I don't, like, what, what's he from? Big, you say he's from Big know. Brother? Yeah, he's also from Big Brother. I don't know. I mean, he, he seems at least he's in, like, okay shape. Who knows? Like, I mean, it's hard to tell from these pictures, but looking at Swaggy C and then looking at, what would you say it was, ASAF? ASAF Rocky? Yeah. Like, yeah. A, <laughs> a, ASAF looks like he's a little bit bigger, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, his hair is just all over the place, too. He kind of looks like a Philistine from, like, the Bible. So is he actually Israeli? Because I think... That would actually carry a lot of weight because everyone, everyone in Israel has to do like two years of military service. You know, like Krav Maga and stuff <laughs> like that. That, and especially like if you're like if you have like some sort of. I'm not joking about this. That if he did end up going, no, through, I know, I know. If he did end up going through that, and there's other factors in play here too. Like if you're in the Czech Republic, I know that you know Israel's not in Europe, but it's still like closer to that part of the world than most Americans are used to. You might be more accustomed with the food and the spices. You're not going to get sick. And if you have this military training and you're like stuck underground, the loud explosions that I talked about, that kind of thing, he's not going to be affected by any of that stuff. So I may have to throw this guy on my team. ASAP? No. All right. I don't know. I, I'll probably try to dig somewhere else in the cheap bin here um, besides ASAP. Well, who would it be? If it's not ASAP, who's it going to be? I don't know. I think Jay is a little bit too expensive, so I think I could fit him on. Like, Big T. I don't know if I really want Big T. Um, I mean, maybe, like, Bailey, I guess. I don't know. This is not a super overwhelmingly positive group of players here. But yeah. I think I would probably dip into Bailey or Swaggy C before I go Jennifer or ASAP. So... This Jennifer girl, you said she was on one episode of Amazing Race? 
she was on one episode of Amazing Race, and it was kind of a wonky season where it was like the producers made the pair, so they like took two individuals and put them together. Um, and yeah, she was just gone after one episode. I could find like nothing about her. She had like one like intro video of herself on YouTube, and then like like I said, she could this definitely could be Shailene 2.0. Like it strikes me if, if she was on one episode of Amazing Race and that's all the reality she's done, she's either a completely batshit insane and like casting producers like, no, we, we need to get her some more screen time or she's just like super hot and people are like, let's get her on. I think it's probably more the latter. And also just to say they have some somebody on from the Amazing Race, like, oh, look, we're expanding into the Amazing Race now. Look at us. That is one of the funny things about the challenge is that like, and it's like the real world kind of kicked this off, like real world in terms of like diversity on TV, whether it was race and then into like sexuality, stuff like that. It was always way ahead of every other show. And the challenge has kind of been the same way that when we talk about diversity on the challenge, it's not, you know, is someone white? Is someone black? Is someone Asian? Is someone gay? Is someone straight? Is someone bi? Is someone pansexual? We've seen all these people. It's the diversity of the other shows that they come from. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. That's what's cool about it. It is funny to me. Like, they lean into Big Brother a ton here. I get that they cast in similar departments. But you don't want to think dipping more into the Survivor Bachelor pool. Just since they're more popular shows, you've worked a while for them. Well, I think that it was tougher for them to go into the Survivor pool uh, to a greater extent, even an amazing race. Like, Viacom owns both of those, right? Like, those are both CBS. Yeah, shows. they do own both of them now. So and maybe it's maybe more common now. That's the whole thing. Now that Viacom, Viacom and MTV uh, work in Simpatico, that you can have more access to those. Is Big Brother a Bun and Murray show? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think it's Bun and Murray. I'm pretty sure they cast from the same department as Survivor, so I think they're all under one umbrella. Okay. So if they are, if they cast, if they share like the same casting department, and I think that you get to see, I think the people that go on. Big Brother are more suited for the challenge just in terms of, like, personality type. Like, it's really hard to get a feel for anyone on Survivor just because they're thrown into such weird circumstances. And, like, you can be, like, 60. I mean, I know you can be 60 and be on Big Brother anyway, but, like, Survivor skews older than Big Brother does. And, like, you don't want to bring in, like, oh, here's our rookie from Survivor. He's 43. <laughs> I mean, lately they've been going a lot younger. Um, and the, another thing that's really weird, though, too, is they're airing this right over the top of Survivor, even when they're owned by the same company. Is it going to be, like, do we know, like, April 1st is what? Is, is that a Wednesday? It's a Wednesday, and they're airing it at 8. So they're airing it literally right on, the, on top of, like, the most popular season of Survivor over the past few years. So Survivor airs Wednesdays at what time? At 8 or 9? At 8, yeah. They're both at the exact same time. That fi- I mean, that's- I know. It's super wonky. Well, how many episodes do you think we're going to get of the challenge this season? I mean, 16 seems to be like what they're going for now. So I can see that, like 16. And then Survivor, will that would be around when it's wrapping up at least. Actually, they, they've still got like actually a little bit more time after that. So I, I really don't get that. I don't quite know what their game plan is there. I guess they probably figure that the two demos are probably pretty different. So when you're talking about Survivor... I don't know, man. Like the, the, the demo for Survivor skews super old for any reality show. I believe it is the most watched reality show by people between the ages of 40 and 60. And the challenge is pretty much in the 18... Like, I am very... As a 34-year-old, I am very much on the high end of the challenge demographic. Like, the 34 to 45, like... 
there are people in that demo, like myself and people who are a bit older, who've just been with the show so long. Most have given up by this point. I would say, like, you're 22. I would say the majority of people watching this show are between 20 and 25. And that's just not the case with Survivor. Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably right. Well, the thing is, my thing with that is, think about how many people podcast on both Survivor and The Challenge. Like, I would, there's a lot of people who dip into both things pretty... Like, pretty much. And then with this season of Survivor being all winners and bringing back a lot of the older cast members, it brings in a lot more of, like, the quote-unquote committed fans who also might be committed fans to the challenge. Honestly, my, my opinion on what happened here was that since there's now the both owned by the same company, one guy was like, hey, our numbers show the best time to air a reality show is uh, Wednesday at 8. So let's put both of them on a Wednesday at 8, not realizing what it would do to their uh, viewership base. Now, I mean, there's some very illogical things that go on with, like, network scheduling uh, and production of shows. That sort of stuff does not get by network executives. That is actually what they get paid to do. So I would guess there's some sort of strategy and like, just because like bringing back older people from Survivor and putting them on a season isn't going to affect any twenty-two-year-old. Like, why would they care? Why would you? Care? No, I, I why, 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 why would you care if like Richard Hatch was on the show? I mean, I, this is the first season of Survivor I'm watching live ever, so this, I'm, I'm watching now. And I would think that since the demo skews so much younger, is that they're probably not like. They're concerned about how many people watch it live, but they probably know that most of these people are just going to watch it like on DVR afterwards. No, that, that's true. But there is so much of that's on social media now where if you don't watch it live and you feel like you're behind and missing stuff and you like, hear about something that you haven't seen yet. I mean, that's only if you... I, I mean, the, the problem with this now becomes like I can actively avoid spoilers wherever I go. But since I do this, like if I'm on Twitter, like and I check my mentions and people tweet spoilers, I mean, I, I'm going to see them, which sucks. Uh, fortunately, no one did it last season. It was very nice of everyone because, you know, like I said, I just want to enjoy the show. But like you need to go out of your way, generally speaking, to avoid spoilers. If you so like what I do to avoid spoilers, I don't look at any Instagram comments, don't look at any like Twitter replies on any challenge related content, don't look at any YouTube comments and mostly just stick to tweeting my own stuff, looking directly at tweets from people I know aren't spoiled, and then also, like, on the challenge Reddit, they do a really good job of cleaning that up. All right. Rob, the contest will be up. You, you assure me of this? Yeah, we'll be good to go. All right, so you can find the link to sign up, free game, Fantasy Challenge, in the description of this podcast or video. That's the cast. That's the entire pricing. You can find all the rules on the site, all the casting on the site. Again, you pick six players, Inside the salary cap, what's salary cap? Thousand bucks? Thousand bucks. So thousand dollar salary cap, like it is on DraftKings in terms of like picking your players. You get six players, you gotta keep it with a thousand dollars or under, nominate one player as team captain. They'll score ten percent more points uh, than they were previously allocated per episode. So that's always nice to have. I'm telling you, man, Bear or Melissa might end up being my team captain. Yeah, I think Melissa or West are the two I'm looking at. You don't have to pay 10% more for the player, right? No, no, you don't. So it's just, yeah, whatever the price is, the price is. You can find the link in the description of this video or podcast. If you want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review. DraftKings handling something you enjoy about the show, and you'll be in that draw for 100 DK bucks. Winners announced every Monday on the Pat Mayo Experience. Rob, tell everyone what's going on with the Challenge Chronicles, which you can find on all of those podcast platforms. 
Yeah, we've been releasing a few episodes of The Duel, so those should all be coming up pretty soon. And then if you go check my Twitter profile at RobMCI16, you'll find any more information about this season of The Challenge or anything else going on that I'm involved in. All right. Also, if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your favorite player under $130 that you would want to have on your team. I believe I've decided on Asaf. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's more Asaf. It's a- it is Asaf. That, that is correct. Like Ace, like the card, and then Saf. So Asaf. Like Ace, like the card. Like Ace? Like it, like it, like an ace, like the ace of spades, like, like ace, like, like, ace, like, ace, like, ace, 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 Subscribe to Rob's podcast, too. You can go figure that out. And we'll have more challenge content coming up. Lots of time to go enjoy this. Spread the word around. Go join Fantasy Challenge. Enjoy yourself. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.